In the year 1831, biologist Charles Darwin began a faithful journey on the HMS Beagle. On that journey, Darwin formulated the controversial theory of evolution which has impacted society down to this day. Our goal is to punch holes in that theory, so we'd like to welcome you to Sink the Beagle. Fire one, Captain! Way to go, Stan. You put that bullet right in the belly of the beagle. We want to sink that big ship. I'm Stan Hudson. And I'm John Kurlinski. Welcome you to another fun-filled episode of Sink, sink the beagle, beagle, where we take a light-hearted look at the serious issues of creation and evolution, which is more supportable. We want to use good scripture. We want to use good science to come to some conclusions that are big question-type conclusions, right? I think so. I think so. Today, Stan, actually, we yeah. are in the big kind of question kind of stuff. because Ooh, philosophy. The, the philosophy, because really in our world today, yeah, the, bi- the God of the Bible is being displaced okay. as the creator of our universe. Well, yeah, by whatever natural forces that'll work, I guess. Or natural means or whatever. As, uh-huh. as far as a concept or an idea, modern science is slowly eroding what we would call the biblical concept of God as the creator of our universe. And it's mm-hmm. quite incredible. And actually, I'm referring to an article by uh, Angel Rodriguez, a very bright person, uh, yes. who talks about the implications. And it really has to do more on how we think about stuff. Okay. And when we think about stuff, how we think about evidence and how we think about life and how we process things. And uh, so we're talking worldviews. We're talking kind of worldviews. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, he says, that when you, it's a complex topic. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of, you know, people, some say, well, you know what? You can't get science and scripture together, period. Don't even try. So well, certainly a lot of people have. They've tried, but they've mm-hmm. sometimes have failed. Mm-hmm. But there's some scholars want to argue that, well, science and theology or science and scripture are two independent disciplines. One deals with fact. The other deals with faith. And, when and they, that has not always been so, and it just seems like it's more of a recent kind of thing. Last 50 years, 100 years. Yeah, last 100 years or so has mm-hmm. become more and more that way, at least philosophically. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the reality is that some say they never intersect. They just deal with different realms, and therefore, what's the argument? Hey, you can have your, we can have both. Yeah, um, but if, if both schools are coming at reality and trying to interpret what is out there, how can they be separate realms? I, I, I don't understand. So okay. you start running into the roadblock. Okay. There's another school of thought that says, you know, the, really the relationship and the connection between science and religion is dialogical. Actually, what they're saying is that, uh, you know, we, they should be informing each other and working together. The trouble in, in mutually <laughs> shedding light on each other, the trouble is usually they, the, the, one claims to have more light than the other. And True. knowing where the boundaries are of that dialogue get quite different. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll give you science in the area of what? Uh, recent biochemistry or biology, mm-hmm. but not in origins of all not life? Not in origins, or, yeah. Okay. There, you can tell us how it works, but we'll tell you how it got here. Yeah, that kind of some, thing. Th- th- <laughs> where are the boundaries? You know? Okay. Some, um, another possible way of approaching it, some would see what we call integration. Okay. Uh, Angel says that there are some who uh, like to demonstrate provide an all-encompassing understanding of the universe through integrating the two through the means of what we would call natural theology. Ah, uh, natural theology, Very naturally. Very approach. You okay. Know, the whole point is that uh, they try to merge 
speculative theories of biological evolution with sort of the spiritual development of the human race. You know, so we well, are again. Uh, can you can you unpack that for me, John? What do you mean by that? Well, what, what they're sort of saying is that humanity. This is more of a theistic evolutionary approach. Okay. Humanity has come about biologically. And only now have we also evolved theologically as well. We kind of are Which, now becoming spiritual creatures as well as biological creatures. Uh, I don't quite understand how they uh, all pack it together. It okay, sounds like okay, some goop, but... Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll pass. I'll hold we'll, my questions. We'll pass on that. Okay. And, and, and the whole point is it gets to... Once you start wrestling with these doctrines of human nature and creation, you start really getting to the deep weeds. Uh, a new one out. <laughs> I got a new one out. The new one out. The, I learned a new word, Stan. Oh, John. It, it, it's called... not not. There's pantheism, which is an yes. older view that God is in the trees. God is God everything. Is in God everything. is in the force. And, but Luke, there's... The yeah, like the force be with you. But then there's... <laughs> Panentheism. Panentheism, okay. Which means that really we are all in God. Everything is really part of God. A little twist on the old argument. So uh, we are a a glimmer, a sparkle in God's eye kind of uh, thing? Yeah, we're part of God. Uh, Maybe we're the wart on a nose. (laughs) Yeah, I think so for some of us. Watch out, you may be going for cosmetic surgery (laughs) real soon. Yeah, that's true. Whoa! No, so, but, um, so part of God, that gets a little ethereal for me. Yeah, it gets the, and, and really the whole point is that how can you prove, you know, instead of uh, all in God versus all, you know, uh, God in all, you know, there's kind of seeing God in the desk, God, and we're part of God, and God's evolving, and we're evolving with him. I wonder if him. God is able to tell us what he's like. Well, that's the other uh, view, uh, is okay. saying that maybe, <laughs> you know, you the, whole, the whole point, though, when you start looking at data regarding God's relationship to the world, the question is, is whether... Our understanding of God should be determined by our explanatory power. Our smarts. Our marbles. Our marbles. Or whether Mm -hmm. we should do what you're suggesting, letting God maybe speak for himself or or assuming that he could if he wanted to. Well, let's let's uh, let's assume that God is is the creator of uh, the finite things we see around us. Uh, Would it be of interest to God? Would it be uh, um, in his in his plan to actually communicate to us, talk to us, or is he kind of out there just sort of saying, come on here, oh, you're warm, you're warm, come on out, you're studying this part, come a little closer, you're warmer, oh, cold, cold, warmer, warmer. Yeah, go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, back to Mars, don't, don't, don't look on Mars, come on, closer. Closer up. You know, I don't know. too hot to the sun. (laughs) And does he kind of just sort of let us stumble around in the dark which will tell you a lot about the character of God. Yeah, would you really want to know him? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to be found oh, out. Oh, well, hello. You actually found me. Good for you. <laughs> you know. here's, a, here's a cookie. You know, <laughs> no, no it's, you're right. It impacts your view of God when you look at it that way. Sure it really, does. Really, we believe that God has revealed himself. You know that, And this whole beginning point, for whether you look at it as science, from a science or scripture, is the, is the level of faith. The first leap is always a perspective of faith, a leap of faith. And that's where mm-hmm. we start with a leap of faith that, you know, God does tend to want to speak to us and has revealed himself. He doesn't want to tend to. He has spoken to us. I should say it mm-hmm. a little more forcefully. Mm-hmm. He has revealed himself. We believe that's the fundamental point for understanding anything. I mean, consciousness itself, you know, can't even understand what it is. I well, mean... 
Yeah. Uh, yours, maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Explain the explain the phenomena of consciousness, Dan. Would you please for our viewers? Consciousness. Well, I know I know it when I see it, oh. <laughs> or when I think it, or when I hear it, or what. Uh, in consciousness. I see it in some teenagers, and others I don't. No, I'm okay. just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, or, well, actually, do teenagers have consciousness? No, do they have a conscience? <laughs> that might be a real good question. That's a good one. No. The whole point is that um, how we approach we, it. We do have kids as teenagers for you yes, listeners who want to know. Really what we approach it as is I believe as Christians, and I'd say Christians with a very um, faith-based view and, and a trust that God has revealed himself are somewhat childlike. Okay. In other words, we basically believe that God said it. Somewhere God has spoken to it. We believe that the revelation of who he is is found in the Bible. You know, if we are to, to really step out in faith and just believe a revelation or a statement as though it came from God, accept it for what it says and what it appears to be worth, in some ways that's a very humbling thing for the human psyche, uh, for the human uh, ego, to yeah. actually say, here is information that my own intellect might not be able to discover or, or wrap itself around, though I study it for millions of years. You know, in other words, it's outside my abilities to understand fully. Am I willing to say that? Am I willing to say and humble myself and say, I don't have all the answers. And if God were to provide those answers, I know that's the only way I'm going to get them. But the one thing that does offer, though, Stan, if okay. you take that approach, mm -hmm. it's very comforting. It okay. has comforted millions of people for thousands of years is a thought that God has revealed himself mm -hmm. and has explained himself and has explained the reason why we exist. He says, I am creator. Here's where you came from. Mm -hmm. Here's why you have problems and here's why things are as they are. Here's the ideal. Look at this. Yeah. What do you yes. think about it? Yeah. And he actually yeah. interacts this creation and says, now you can see why I can't just kind of show you the all of who I am because you can't handle it. Mm -hmm. But you can handle this much, and I'm letting you know so you can function in this world and make sense of your reality. Yeah, and one of the very intriguing things Jesus said to his disciples was, I have more to tell you, but you're not able to take it all in. You can't oh, take it. Oh, you want it. Oh, Lord, what was that? What was that more? What was that more? Mm -hmm. and, and the reality, uh, or at least for Christians, is that Revelation is the starting point, is the launching platform that God has spoken and continues to speak. Matter of fact, we have a torpedo text that we like to share with people uh, that I think kind of gives us the attitude of how we need to approach existence, mm -hmm. not just from a scientific point of view. It's found in the book of Matthew. Jesus is talking. Well, Jesus is talking to Matthew eighteen three, talking to his disciples about the subject of, of humility. And who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In verse 3, he says, Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What does he mean, being little children? I think he's asking you to go back to a platform mm -hmm. of radical faith and trust. As a, just as a child trusts explicitly in their parents to provide for their world mm -hmm. and to provide for their needs and to care and to love and to nurture. So humans are to trust God on that level instead of becoming so sophisticated about our own little knowledge and starting to exclude God from our realm, become more trusting and obedient in following his will. 
Well, it's a hard thing for the human ego to do, especially in this world today where where intellect is valued so highly. But in my in my own experience, John, when I've come to the place where I do not have all the answers, and I'm willing to say that, I come to the Word of God and I look for answers there, I find answers. And I humble myself before God in accepting His answers, but you know what? I don't think I suffer any intellectually to do that. No, I don't think it is. Matter of fact, a very intellectual person, Jesus said, you know... His name was Nicodemus, a very spiritual intellectual Mm -hmm. person. He says, Nicodemus, you're not quite getting it right. You need to be born again. Mm -hmm. You need to return, not so much to be, you know, and he gets all this intellectual argument and scientific argument. Well, can a man enter the woman's womb? He couldn't figure out the scientific physiology of it all. Mm -hmm. He says, no, 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 it's about attitude. Mm -hmm. It's about faith. It's about just having a whole new... Mm-hmm. Um, existence. And, and he said, unless you're born again, you can't even see, see the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you can't recognize it. There is a there is an element to the to the saying that says spiritual things are spiritually discerned, yeah. which means if we are talking about the spiritual things of creation and where we came from, John, I don't think we're ever going to get the full picture unless a person, and that means you too, listener, humbles themselves before God and genuinely says, I, I know the science, I know what they're saying out there, I hear those voices out there, but I don't think they have, and I don't have all the answers, I'm willing to listen. Be, otherwise, you're just a fluke of the universe, there are no answers that they, can, they can't state up with 100% accuracy, mm-hmm. this is the way walkie in it. Right. This is, a, this is our best guess based on these experiments and these things and these theories, but the reality is, is when you have the theory of God mm-hmm. and, you pu- and you apply that to the equation, it changes your whole attitude. And I think that's why over the years people have found security in the scriptures. Yes. They found security in trusting in who God is and what he's done. And they don't, accept, they don't sacrifice their intellect. Uh, things make sense. And as we have talked about often on Sink the Beagle, you will get science to support your, your faith position too. So we want you to listen faithfully and tune in again next week to Sink the Beagle. Thanks for listening to Sink the Beagle. We'd like to send you a special gift just for being with us today. Write to our email address, beagle at lifetalk.net, and ask for your free copy of Dr. Dwight Nelson's book called Built to Last, A Thoughtful Look at Creation and Evolution. Ask for Built to Last when you write to Beagle at lifetalk.net. And be sure to listen in next time to another episode of Sink the Beagle. So join us here each week, my friends. You're sure to get a smile. From seven stranded castaways here on Gilligan's Island.